Welcome to the Habibi Life Podcast, where we share practical advice to help you live an abundant life. Our goal is to help you fall in love with yourself by providing information and inspiration to help you reach your highest and your healthiest potential. This is episode 27, The Balancing Act. There's a good chance that you're no stranger to the idea of striking a work-life balance. It's a subject often discussed in wellness circles when the culture inevitably comes up against a traditionally corporate environment. You'll often hear someone emphasize the importance of striking a work-life balance and how it's imperative to carve out time away from the things that earn you money and make space for your spirit to thrive. What is often lost in this presentation is the how. Beyond meditating at the top or the end of your day, how can you truly separate what you do for a living versus what you do for your own health and well-being? These questions get even tougher if you work in a corporate environment that is anything but traditional. What happens when, instead of dressing up in traditional corporate garb and literally clocking in to do some task that you trade for a paycheck, your uniform is a hoodie and sweatpants and your deadlines are based on barely tangible projections rather than hard deadlines. The lines became even more blurred during the pandemic when millions of people worked from home. Then, instead of stepping away from their home lives to perform a service or task, they were surrounded by both work and home life entities and were expected to navigate both seamlessly. Add to that the unethical practice of some companies trying to access employees between shifts for even the most mundane tasks, and the whole concept of an actual work-life balance went right out the window. Consider the entrepreneur who has decided that work is their life, and they believe that just because they love what they do and happen to make money doing it, that it's the only thing they should be doing all the time. This toxic idea was seized upon and capitalized by companies in the network marketing sphere who drove home the idea that a recruit should be working on their, quote, business all the time, even while on vacation. It left little room for anyone to think about balance or boundaries and even shamed people into thinking that they need to be productive all of the time to even be considered of value. Top that with the hustle and grind mentality, and it's no wonder that people are quietly quitting, making conscious choices to do the bare minimum, or walking away from entire careers in search of something more fulfilling. I certainly fall into that last category, but even I am vulnerable to the idea of constantly producing in the wellness space, even though I genuinely love what I do. It is of just as much value to shut it down, walk away, and take a breath for the benefit of my own spark. I often work with clients for whom the word busy doesn't even begin to describe their lives. If I ask them when was the last time they took time for themselves, they'll either laugh at the absurdity of such a notion or excitedly mention that they took themselves shopping for something lovely as a reward for all of their hard work. Both of these answers represent an imbalance. The notion of working hard for a reward is not only antiquated, it can be detrimental. Work, in the tradition of clocking in and out, is work. Life 
is life. When we blur the lines between the two and we equate illusory currency with value, particularly in connection with our work, we run the risk of striking an imbalance that can have lasting consequences. Let's pause for a very important reminder. Remember that your work does not define your worth. Making a job part of your identity may seem novel at first, but it can be detrimental over the long run. Your worth, your value is deeply personal and it has nothing to do with what you do or how much money you make. Okay, back to the matter at hand. How do we take practical steps to strike this balance? The first thing we need to accept is that there is no such thing as the perfect work-life balance for everyone. Like most things, there are no one-size-fits-all solutions to every human being. What works well for one person is not going to be ideal for another. In the most traditional sense, a work-life balance might look like having a super productive day at work at the place where you earn your living, maybe clocking out on time, and then spending quality time with friends and family. But it may also look like prioritizing your tasks at work without expectation of completing all of them, performing the second shift at home, and then making quality time for yourself without further involvement or expectation from anyone around you. What a work-life balance should not look like is you grasping at shards of peace in the chaos of your life. That means in order to actually strike a balance, you have to first identify the imbalance. If you ask the average person about their work-life balance, you'll probably get some less than definitive answers. If you ask them something more direct, like how often they participate in self-care, you might find that the answers range from, are you serious, to whenever I can. What is rare for millions of working people is the notion that self-care should be a non-negotiable daily practice. Because of this, many people have built in a natural and almost expected imbalance into their lives. Recall the bit about hustle culture and our tendency to confuse our work with our worth. This runs counter to the idea that we should ever feel entitled to truly balance our work in our lives without running the risk of sacrificing our worth. There are some key ways to identify an imbalance. It can happen anytime you find yourself working more than living and almost always living just to work. From day to day, it can look like you simply doing whatever it takes to get prepped for the next work shift then get through that work shift, only to collapse in exhaustion and do it all over again. If all you have are moments of reprieve on days off to catch up on sleep and grasp a few moments of peace, there's a very good chance that you have a work-life imbalance. Sometimes it's not even that cut and dried. That imbalance might come disguised as an opportunity. It can look like increased responsibilities at work, with or without compensation. It can look like working longer hours without balancing the other aspects of your life. It can look like increased responsibilities in your home. It can look like life-altering events, like having children or taking on the responsibility of another human at any age. 
When these kinds of shifts happen and there is no conscious effort to balance things as you adapt to that shift, you run the risk of finding yourself drained and unable to do the things that help you thrive both in work and in life. And while it might not be that hard to identify the imbalance, it's quite another thing to use that information to try and shift things into a more balanced state. So start by prioritizing exactly what is necessary to deal with the work side of your life. In addition to showing up on time and doing your job to the best of your requirements and abilities, are you also taking on tasks and duties that cost you more? For you hyper-ambitious types, are you inserting yourself into spaces that you deem more powerful than your own and trying to prove your worth to those who have the power to approve your ascent within your workspace? If so, are you doing these things at a cost to your physical and mental health and well-being? Take a moment to think about it and be honest about your answer. Please do not confuse this with the idea that you should not want to learn more and do more to better your overall existence. It is not imbalanced to delay certain gratifications or learn and do more within your field to thrive in a professional sense. Things only become imbalanced if you find that you and your life environment begin to suffer as a result of those efforts. Once you've prioritized and managed your expectations, and the expectations of those around you in your work life, consider how those priorities affect your home life. Now, this might seem backwards in approach. You might think that prioritizing your home life and then turning to work is the best way to do this. In reality, such an approach is impractical. That's because personal and home life tends to be elastic. It can ebb and flow. And sometimes that aspect of your life takes as much time as it takes. But work life has, or should have, tangible markers, boundaries, and expectations. So it's easier to start this line of thinking within a structured environment like work, and then move into the more elastic spaces as you determine what is absolutely necessary to balance your work and balance your life. This kind of approach works whether you leave home and clock into a physical space, work remotely, or are self-employed. Get practical about what you expect to achieve in your professional life, set tangible markers and boundaries within that space, and determine how those decisions affect your personal life. If you find that you are working more than you are living in any capacity, identify the imbalance and take the steps to rectify it. Also, understand that you may have to make these determinations and these corrections on more than one occasion. As you move through work, and even as you move through life, things change. So evolve with those changes and take stock to make sure you always strike a balance between the two. If you're not completely sure how to determine if a work thing negatively affects a life thing, always go back to you and how you feel. Is it having a negative impact on your sleep schedule? Does it negatively affect your ability to relax and communicate in a balanced way in your personal life? 
does work occupy your consciousness in an intrusive or stressful way when you're away from it? Do you feel like if you unplug from work-related duties that you'll somehow miss something crucial? If the answer is yes to any of these questions, there's a good chance that it's time to reassess your priorities. This constant assessment of how work affects your personal life is true whether you are the employee or the employer. If you are in a position of authority at your workplace, it is just as important that you set an example of work-life balance for those who look to you for guidance. The more balanced you are within your own life, the more balanced you can be when you guide others within your workspace. No matter what your work-life balance looks like, the key is that it works for you. Keep in mind that striking a balance in any aspect of your life is a constant endeavor. And while you might have some real moments of zen after achieving the ultimate balance, there is likely something just around the bend to throw you off course again. Such is the nature of life. So always show yourself grace no matter what happens. Take it slow and remember that you are doing the best you can with the information you have. There are no perfect solutions. There is only you starting where you are, using what you have, and doing what you can. When you take care of yourself, everyone wins. It's folly to think that you can neglect your own needs for the sake of anything outside of your skin for an undetermined amount of time. Eventually, that bill comes due, and it can look like failed health or any number of complications that negatively affect your quality of life. You are just as important as everything and everyone around you. Give yourself the same amount of love, attention, and importance that you would any other human or job in your life. We hope that you found this information helpful. If you'd like to learn more ways to reach your highest and your healthiest potential, please download the latest issue of Habibi Life magazine. You can find it on HabibiBody.com, HabibiBodySport.com, ShahadaKareem.com, and HabibiLife.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us when we return for the next episode.